Today is the Side Hustle Fall Preview, in which we'll be giving you a sneak peek of our first two guest interviews as we kick the season off. But first, these side hustles are just as important because it's when the team hustle can get together any way we can to update you and each other on the goings-ons of our personal hustles. And the hustle is on because we are all in different places right now because we are all so freaking busy. But thanks to our podcasting hosting service like Anchor FM, we can still record anywhere. I am the lord of the typewriter and keeper of the late night writing hours, Mr. Daniel Tuttle. We're also joined by the co-host and lady of conventions and more, Miss Linux Knight, <laughs> and the lord of the camera, the lord of the stage, Mr. Michael Lutheran. <laughs> Hello, Michael and Linux. <laughs> excellent titles. Excellent titles. Hello, Hello. We're coming back soon. I know. Yay. We are coming back finally after a nice long summer. We are back. Woo. We've taken some breaks. We've taken it easy. And now the hustle begins again. <laughs> yes. I don't know if we, we can say that we've been taking it easy because we've all been so busy. But yeah. I mean, uh, we've been taking it easy from podcasts. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Not from anything else. There's no break. Not from any. Life, still, life is still the hustle. Yes. Yes. How how are you guys? How has your summer been? Yep. Uh, Lennox, you want to take that first? It's been a hot summer in LA. Been also yes, kind has. of humid some days, and I'm confused because I no longer live in Georgia or Florida, but I feel like I do. Same with Texas. I don't know why it feels like Texas right now yeah. in California. <laughs> Very weird, but it's been great. I've worked on a lot of projects, created my own stuff, a lot of photo shoots, and um, worked with some cool companies that I didn't think I'd have have the opportunity to so i i feel very grateful and it was awesome despite the heat <laughs> Woo-hoo! Fantastic. yeah how about very you nice. uh well while i was meditating this morning outside the mosquitoes decided to attack my feet so the mosquitoes are out in full force guys watch out um but that's also a thing mosquitoes never existed here i can't go yeah. now without getting bit by mosquitoes i'm like what's happening Yep. (laughs) But um, other than that, since our summer hustle, uh, I've been going out on so many more auditions. I have a commercial audition. And as of this recording, I have three things that I'm confirmed to film this month. Uh, Next week, next week, I'm recording two things. I'm recording uh, a small scene for Theater Unleashed. um, And then I'm also going to be filming my episode for uh, Live Die Lab, produced by Veterans Entertainment, and then at the end of this month, I'll be rec- I'll be filming a short in Bakersfield. Yay! Keeping busy. Woo woo! Oh. How about you, Daniel? Uh, man, uh, I about two week, uh, about two months away from uh, uh, oh, I actually almost a little less than a, uh, more than a month away from becoming a daddy part two. Woo! Uh, oh my god! A new little one coming. <laughs> yep. Uh, and putting Michael and Karen together for life. Uh, officiating their wedding. I'm super excited about that. Oh my gosh, that is a month away. <laughs> <laughs> and Michael's, to, and Michael's frozen stiff yeah. of fear. And then the short film I shot in April that uh, I worked with Katina and Pilar on uh, that I've kind of mentioned throughout the last few months. We had showed a rough cut without music or, or, or really any kind of like clean sound to a group of like female directors, like a union of women directors. And uh, it got a really good reaction, about 90 five percent uh 95 percent of them uh gave some really good feedback the other five percent just really enjoyed it uh there were some people there that could relate to the story uh, personally and and that really felt good that we uh told their story in a way that they felt relatable and connected and seen um so that was really cool so 
super excited to see it go through the rest of the post process and come out clean and finished. So uh, that was really exciting to hear. That is awesome. Will it be coming out like right before Joker? <laughs> uh, yes, hopefully with an eight-minute standing ovation as well. Uh, but anyways, you know, guys, we are here because next week we are coming back with not one, but two new episodes. We are giving you a double dose of interviews. That means a double dose of side hustle previews. The first preview being for an interview with Allison Tolman. Allison is a fantastic actress and kind of a comedian. She could have seen her in the first season of Fargo as the main lead cop uh, in that show. She's also a reoccurring character on I'm Sorry. And she has her own show coming out this fall on ABC called Emergence. She was such a different interview for an actor. She had a different path from Dallas to Chicago to Los Angeles. And I think Michael would agree that it's just a different journey than we've had before. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this is one of our first guests that we've had on that's been nominated for an Emmy and a Golden Globe. And yet when we sat down to talk with her, she was like, I don't know if my story is going to be what you, you guys want to hear because I really didn't know that Fargo was going to be happening. And what I'm excited about in our preview today, I'm going to have, I'll be letting the listeners kind of hear about what her side job was in mm. Chicago when she found out about Fargo. Like, and it was something that she was not even expecting to, yeah. to book. And then also what she's currently do, what she's been doing as far as like how she approaches the quote unquote downtime of a career. Like once you've been on like a big show, what does that in between look like? No, absolutely. I think uh, when I talked to her, she even told me kind of like what you said, she's like, I don't know if my journey is going to be relatable. And I was like, any journey is relatable. It's just different. And uh, yeah. I think that's what's exciting about it. One of my favorite things asked her, like, do you remember watching the Emmy nominations roll out? And she said something to the effect of like, I don't know if we had television then because we were broke. <laughs> yeah. Well, I also <laughs> love that she talks about uh, like going kind of into like a crash course in PR and like public relations and how to like do interviews because she didn't know how to do interviews. So it was it's it's a really great interview. And then on top of that, not only do we have that interview coming out. Next week, September 17th, next Tuesday, we have an interview that I think is really awesome. Uh, two ladies who uh, have both worked in the industry for quite a while started their own company called Hollywood Resume, Angela Selak and Cindy Kaplan. And basically their, job, their goal is to uh, mentor people on how to build their entertainment resume, cover letter, how to learn how to be assistants. Uh, they've been in the industry. They've helped hire interns and other people. They basically sat down with me and just talked about not only their journeys uh, into their perspective, uh, uh, their own spots. Uh, they have a really good mindset for that job. And so their company is really cool. They have some really good things to offer. And it was great to sit down with them and just talk about uh, their journeys and just give me, you guys, Michael, just great advice on how to build your resume. Yeah, that's always useful for anything. Our resume is when they the door. So that's an awesome interview. And also, I mean, like for all of our listeners out there who aren't just trying to be an actor, but like trying to get on the more production side of things, this is a key interview you want to check out. I've been listening to it all week. It is so inspiring um, and definitely something for you guys to check out. Now, Daniel, they recorded a very special side hustle. Um, do you want to let them know what that's going to be about? Absolutely. So instead of doing the usual, just cutting clips from the interview, I thought it'd be really cool for them to kind of show their skills and and get a feel for what they do. I sent them my personal resume uh, and they basically critiqued it. And so we go over my resume in quite a bit of detail of things that are good, things that need to be fixed. And they kind of told me why certain things don't work, why things do work. 
And so I wanted to give like a real world look of how they critique people's resumes and the information they have to offer to make your resume the best it can be, uh, which was really helped me. It was super great information to get. Uh, and I've been sharing it with other people. Anybody that lets, uh, wants me to look at their resume, I've been sharing the information they've given me uh, yeah. as well. I was going to ask, uh, Daniel, like maybe we can post out on social media or something like an altered version of what your resume looks like. So, you know, your address isn't floating all over the place. No, absolutely. I can definitely do that. And uh, what I want to do also is try, try to write down some bullet points that we can post on our social media as well. Awesome. So without further ado, uh, we are going to be rolling out these little previews here. First is going to be Allison Tolman and then the ladies from Hollywood Resumes. No, I've never been just an actor until until Fargo, to be completely honest. <laughs> I've always had a day job. Um, I've never waited tables. I did retail, and I did a lot of personal assisting, and then I did a lot of office work. So mm-hmm. the job that I finally found in Chicago that kind of gave me some level of comfort was um, doing client services for a little IT firm. That's where I met my boyfriend, my, my partner I've been with for six and a half, seven years now. I don't remember Tim. I love you. Um, the way that sounds like I don't remember Tim. I don't yeah, remember that's, Tim. That's the way I read it. So I, I like, don't I remember, remember comma Tim. Tim. We do this whole out of sight, out of mind thing where <laughs> when we're not around, we and just then when we reunite, it's really exciting. It's like it's 50 amazing. first dates. <laughs> exactly. It's just like that. Um, we live in a magical apartment. <laughs> it's so fun. Uh, anyway, so I worked at this little IT firm, which is um, you know our our closest friends that we vacation with and travel all around the world with are all people that we met um, at this little IT firm. So that was the job that like I, where I got some health insurance and I had like enough money where I was like a little bit more comfortable. And then I quit that job because our company was sold to some dickheads. Mm. I hope you're listening to this, dickheads. <laughs> I hope they are too. These yeah. fuckers. Uh, and it just really made our our really like awesome work environment that we had lived in just kind of unbearable and really changed the culture of our little you know loft mm-hmm. where we all the ten of us worked. Um, so I quit to go pursue a day job in a more creative field, mm-hmm. and then I booked Fargo. <laughs> <laughs> you found the so, like dream so yeah. driver so technically, job. I was like, okay, universe, I get it. That's te- hilarious. Technically, you did it. I did it. <laughs> yeah, you found that I job. I thought I was going to like work at the front desk at a museum or a mm-hmm. photography studio. Nope, nope, nope. Wow. You but I really <laughs> just went for it. So uh, during the times when you're not, you know, you're not, you're not working, you're waiting for something to, to happen, what, what do you do in your, your, your downtime? Not enough. I mean, I, I really, um, I've been saying, I've known since I moved out here that I needed to start, that I need to get back into writing. I mean, I'm a sketch writer. I don't know how to write a television show, but I need to learn. Um, there's not a lot of demand for sketch writing in my current iteration of my life. Right. Um, so I, but I've been saying since I moved out here that I, that I knew that my eventual um, path would be generating my own material. And I've known now for, um, I'm, I'm having a hard time sort of wrapping my head around the way that my screenwriter friends work, the way that mm-hmm. they just sit down and write for seven so, hours by themselves. Like, I just yeah. don't, I don't, it, I, I need to find some um, avenue that feels comfortable and feels like fun and feels like. Um, Supportive. So, yeah, I, yeah. Need, I, need, I, need a, I need to find a writing partner so, or a writer. So, I, I've written so, several things with Michael mm-hmm. and uh, another friend of mine also named Mike. Uh, I just <laughs> I, only love, I only write with Mike. Keep Mike's. it easy. I get yeah. it. I keep it. It makes it a lot easier. Um, but one of the things I love, especially with both of them, is 
I tend to, I'm the same way. I have a hard time writing by myself alone and just like, so a lot of times I'll plan either some time with Michael or, or Mike and I'll be like, I just want to sit down and just discuss creativity and just, uh, we each bring up a project we're talking about and help each other. Not that we want to write on it, but we just go back and forth and kind of help each other kind of find whatever it is. Right. More, that, and I, for me, that excites me more to go mm-hmm. and like start writing yeah. is because I've had this like almost like my engine revved by this collaborative yeah. conversation. And that's something. And I, I love collaborating. I think I love writing with other people. Yeah. I think I just work. Not that I need it, but I just I feel for me. I love having that back and forth with somebody and, and that's always, it also helps me. for me in terms of accountability. <laughs> yeah. Um, like if I have someone that's waiting for me to write pages yeah. or just to check in on something that gives mm-hmm. me a reason to, okay, need to make the time yeah. to sit down and work or sometimes by writing in a group setting and what you're talking about that, that helps me even more so mm-hmm. because it's hard to find the time, mm-hmm. right? Like, especially as an actor, you can feel so busy that like, mm-hmm. Oh, we're all getting together during this time to work on something. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. It's helpful. I think, and I, and accountability is a huge part of it. And I mean, every, every sketch I ever wrote for my podcast in, in Chicago, I mean, I was down to the fucking wire deadline the night before we were due to get all together again. (laughs) And I I was, I was like kicking things and being like, I'm going to write a sketch tonight. And then I would come out of my room two hours later and be like, I just wrote the best sketch of my life. You know, everybody else is asleep and you're waking them up. (laughs) It's a fucking labor, man. I I don't, I, it's a labor for me Mm -hmm. every time I do it. Um, I feel that. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, I just, no, absolutely. I, and I think it is for, I don't think that, I don't know that there are people, I think it's a labor for all writers, but they just, you get more disciplined about it mm-hmm. and you get more um, regular about it. I mean, the people that I know that are successful screenwriters, that this is like what they're doing, you sit down and write and sometimes it's shit and you throw out an entire day's worth of work, but you do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I just, have, I have not found uh, the discipline for that yet. Right. And I haven't found, um, yeah, like a a, a a reason to to do that. A call yeah. to action. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know, like, I, and I'm I've always been like, well, what am I gonna write about? Like, what do I? What do I? What I don't have any idea that I feel like is like interesting enough that I'm like, oh, I want to write this. Right. right. But I've also never generated ideas that way. I've right. always generated ideas in a group where we're like, okay, the theme of this month's show is X Y Z. Everyone's gonna write two sketches, and that is that. I mean, I just need a. I guess mm. I need a thesis to get started, maybe. All right, thank you guys. I am here with Angela Selak and Cindy Kaplan of Hollywood Resumes. Now, next week, we have a full interview with these two ladies talking about where they came from and where they are now with Hollywood Resumes and what they do. But we thought it'd be great to give you guys an example of what Hollywood Resumes does. I've sacrificed myself. I've offered them my uh, resume to go through since I do have a few entertainment credits and things like that uh, uh, to talk about, to critique. Uh, ladies, it is open. Feel free. I, I have thick skin. I will not cry. I promise. Uh, so first of all, uh, real quick, just say hi so people can kind of know whose voice is who. So Angela. Hi, I'm Angela. All right, Cindy. And I'm Cindy. Boom. If you don't have it, I, I can't help you. All right. So uh, let's kind of just start from the beginning. Let me go here to my resume. Uh, so let's kind of just go from the top down and you guys can tell like, uh, this is great, this is bad, or... You know, and then we can kind of do a general final thing to go over the resume. So whoever wants to start, tell me what I did wrong. 
Yeah. So, um, I mean, with Hollywood resumes, we're resume writers. So that this is part of what we do, um, just to be clear. No, absolutely. Um, so we're going to break it down actually into two parts and the first half will be format. All right. And then the second will be actual content. Fantastic. Um, so the first thing that we would say when you just look at this resume, which is something that you can do with any resume is just take a bird's eye view of it. And we see that there are too many words on the page. Okay. So that is almost always the case with every single resume. For those listening, I am taking notes. <laughs> and also, uh, if you want to look at my resume, it is in the description. Feel free to click on it uh, so you can follow along in what they're talking about. Though my personal information is not on there. So, all right, yeah, continue. So, um, so yeah, you could be looking at it, but we can start kind of from the top as far as formatting goes and trying to make a something that's a little more clean and more concise, easy to read. So, Absolutely. The header at the top, you've got your name mm -hmm. and your address over to the right. Yes. And then underneath, you have an objective that mm -hmm. starts with to find an, an entry-level oh, job mm -hmm. as an officer writer's PA. Yeah. So your name's pretty big, which is great. You always want to have a big name on your resume, and you want your contact info. Um, definitely your phone number and email address and also where you live. Mm -hmm. The address doesn't matter, but you need to be clear what city that you live in. Right, because a lot of people will look at that mm -hmm. as how far are they going to be driving yeah. to get to this job. Yeah. Or do they or, even live in Los Angeles mm -hmm. or not? Or mm -hmm. are they in a part of town that might, you know, be discriminatory against them? Right. Exactly. So um, I would say you could probably make this a little bit bigger, the, the contact step. Okay. And get rid of the objective entirely. Okay. So your objective is that you're going to find a job. You're, right. You want the job that you're applying for. So mm -hmm. that's kind of obvious. And if you need to explain something about it, that's what the cover letter is for. But don't waste valuable space on your resume with an objective. Interesting. Because, you you know, you're mm -hmm. told a lot from especially like, you know, home ec classes or mm -hmm. whatever in high school, like have an objective on there to let people know you're looking for a professional job and things like that. What What is it about that? Is it just because it's repetitive with a cover letter? Exactly. Yeah. It's just a waste of space. Again, mm -hmm. you want to have as few words as possible on the page because anyone reading it is just going to take a quick glance. And okay. I will be honest, I rarely ever, I mean, when I'm working on resumes, I read them, but if I'm hiring someone, right. I typically will just glance at the titles mm. and see if they make sense. And then if I'm interested, I might dig in a little bit more, but Fantastic. Okay. It, it's really a kind of a first glance thing. So the fewer words, the more likely someone will read all the words. Gotcha. The other issue with an objective specifically is that it makes it seem like you don't actually want the job you're applying for, but that you'll <laughs> just take any office PA job. Gotcha. Whereas they're looking for someone who actually wants to be there. So you might have said in your cover letter what's interesting about that company or that show, mm -hmm. and then they get an objective that says something different. And we've also seen people come across with objectives that don't match the actual mm -hmm. job because you see a job you want, you apply for it, forget to change your objective. And so instead of saying to find an entry-level job as an office writer's PA, it says mm -hmm. to land a marketing position because that's what you applied for last time. And then suddenly you're immediately in the no pile. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, moving on, mm -hmm. you've got some different sections for experience and skills and education. Mm -hmm. um, your headers for each of those, that you definitely want those to be big. Okay. Um, I, I think you could go a little bigger. And if you want to do color, you're not going to get hired or not hired because you do or don't have color on your resume. Mm. Um, just make sure that it's easy to read. Okay. And so I would suggest a very a dark blue or a dark green. So I might mm. go a little darker than this. So darker color. colors. Mm -hmm. gotcha. Yeah. 
or, or no colors. We, mm-hmm. we usually just do black and white. Again, you're not going to not get hired because of that. <laughs> they did not it's, use Fuchsia. Yeah. And this is a Fuchsia <laughs> it's company. Silly. So, okay. But on a more macro level, you've got two columns here. You've got on the left a bigger column with experience, and on the right, you have skills and education. Mm-hmm. So, it's perfectly valid to have a two column resume. It's common. I would not recommend it for your resume. Mm. Um, you all kind of explain why, but you'll create a lot more space if you don't, if you okay. just have one column. Um, two column resumes, there's two reasons that we use those sometimes. And one is if it's a candidate that doesn't have very much experience and we need to mask that, mm-hmm. two column resumes take up more space. Gotcha. Um, so that's one reason. And the other reason is if they have some experience that's within their education or skills or something that we want to be higher up but doesn't necessarily make sense above an experience section, then it can be at the same level of the experience section. And that happens when you have two columns. Gotcha. But for you, I don't think that makes sense because you your first thing in your experience is a perfectly relevant job <laughs> at Purpose to Entertainment, right? right. So, um, so I would just leave with experience. So... Um, and have that go all the way across. The format that you have is pretty good. It's typically what we like. So you have mm-hmm. the name of the company and the city. Mm-hmm. And then under it in italics is the t- your title. Mm-hmm. One thing I would suggest, though, is taking the date and instead of having it next to the title, putting mm-hmm. it on the right side of the page. Oh, okay. Into the same line with Mar Vista. Okay, gotcha. And that way, you're creating a timeline down the right side of your page. You put it in bold, and mm-hmm. everyone can clearly see the dates on your resume mm-hmm. and where your trajectory has been. Gotcha, okay. So it just makes it really clean and easy to Doesn't read. Doesn't get muddled with mm-hmm. all the other information. Right, it's, it's right. very obvious, and you don't, you're you not making anyone search for anything. Right, absolutely. So that's good. And then, um, and then you have bullet points underneath, which is great. I would suggest doing just like a normal circle bullet point. These have kind of four dots. Mm-hmm. I'd just go a little simpler with that one. Mm-hmm. And then um, probably limiting it to maybe four bullet points. It's nice mm-hmm. to have three or four, maybe five if you've been there a really, really long time. Mm-hmm. But typically, if you have six or seven, you're probably repeating some stuff. Right. So just something to think about. And then under each of your um, different entries and experience, you have uh, references. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't recommend putting references on your resume, actually. Okay. So um, references are great, but that's typically something you follow up with. Mm. Um, and so one one good thing to do is after your interview, you send a thank you email and you say, if I can provide any additional information or references mm-hmm. to further my candidacy, then that gives you an opportunity to send them. Mm. Another great thing you could do is just have people call on your behalf. Gotcha. Okay. You know, Absolutely. so that's some of the most, that's one of the most important things to have happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd say, you know, save the space. Don't have, don't have any references on here. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then we get over into skills. We like to have, actually, I would say your next section instead of skills should be education. Okay. Um, and again, you just follow the same rules with the dates aligned on the, the way they are with the experience. Mm-hmm. So it just kind of shows your time and you're totally fine. You don't have extra information on there or anything. Right. Um, so that's good. And then skills, I would say that Cindy's going to dig into this a little more within the content section, but mm-hmm. we usually do it last, this last section called skills and interests. And if you can kind of break it down into things like computer, maybe put computer in bold, and then mm-hmm. you list out your computer skills. 
or languages or affiliations if you're a member of any professional groups, things like that. Mm -hmm. Those things could go on there. And then it's nice to have sometimes the last line that says interests that are some of your personal interests and hobbies as conversation starters for an interview. So that's your last little section at the bottom. Gotcha. Okay. So that's kind of a bigger overview. Um, Again, so you just take a second and you look at at the big picture, like zoom out your resume (laughs) and start there. And that's, that's kind of the way to figure it out. One other little thing I noticed that will kind of segue into Cindy's section talking more about the content mm-hmm. is um, I, when I glance at this, I see some random words capitalized within your bullet points, mm-hmm. like updated production calendar. Mm-hmm. Um, and my eye goes right to that. Right. So it's a little bit, it's a little distracting. Gotcha. I would okay. say it doesn't quite make sense that you would capitalize those. Gotcha. Okay. So I would just leave them all lowercase. Okay. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, so Cindy will kind of dive in more into what's within these bullet points and, and everything. Right. Yeah. I mean, one of the things about the capitalization is that it seems like poor grammar, even mm-hmm. though what you're trying to do is call attention to it, mm-hmm. to those tasks, you're actually calling attention to random capitalization, which could be read as bad grammar, right. which then shows no attention to detail when the job you're looking for is the number one thing they need the attention things, to yeah. detail. Because when a recruiter is looking at your resume, mm-hmm. they're looking at it in three to five seconds and they're finding a way to put it in the no pile so they could get to the next mm-hmm. one. So anything that might be like, oh, no, capital letters, no attention to detail, bye. Gotcha, okay. And so that's what you try to kind of want to avoid with content. Mm. Um, so one of the biggest things that we'll probably get into in, in our fuller podcast is your resume telling a story. Right. Um, it's not a biography of every single thing that you've ever done in your mm-hmm. life. And the content doesn't need to be, you know, a list of all of the different things that you've done. Mm-hmm. Like Angela said, you could probably boil it down to three or four bullet points per section. Right. So one of the ways that you kind of introduce your story is your first bullet point should always be a little bit about the company. So right now for Marvis, you have worked at desks for SVP and VP of physical production and EVP of VP of business affairs. So I would probably change that to, you know, supported SVP because it's a little bit of a stronger word. And then after the VP of business affairs, say at production company that produces TV movies. Gotcha. So that anyone looking at it is like, oh, I know what Marvista is now. Right. They might already know, but this way it's just out there and Mm -hmm. their eye can also get to made for TV movies pretty quickly. And I would I would add to that too and say you just want to give more context. So if you are at a company that's really obvious, if you are working in development at HBO, right? People know you don't have to say at premium cable network. <laughs> right? That would be ridiculous. People are going to know that, but you which could... stands for home box office, right? But not TV. Yeah, right. I don't know if y'all know this. They produce these shows. I don't know. But you could say something like you manage the development slate of however many projects mm-hmm. in the drama department of whatever. So right. give a little context to your department of your overall job. Help them picture you in mm-hmm. that job. Gotcha. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the things that you do really well, actually, is talk about some quantifiable results. So in mm-hmm. your second job at Lemonade Restaurant Group, you brought down office supply costs by 20%. That's a really good example of mm-hmm. something that you know, shows that you had an actual deliverable result, that you're good at your job. Mm -hmm. Um, Conversely, there's a moment where you don't do it as well. In the Bridgeford Foods Corporation job, you created several customer service call scripts and Excel forms that are still used today. And so that's a little bit less provable. How do you know they're still used today? This was a really long time ago. What about those scripts? It's leaving me with a lot more questions. Mm -hmm. And because I don't know what the company is or why you created these or why they're still used, it's, it's just 
all over the place instead of being like, well, he's really good at his job. He right. can cut costs. And Okay. Okay. I get that. So that's kind of the thing you want to think about. Um, so, are, so let me, sure, if I yeah, can, yeah, real please, quick. So one, and I mean, this could up, come up again in the interview. Um, one of the things I always, I struggled with, with writing my uh, resume, especially hearing the idea of like result based language is that as like an assistant, it's, I think hard sometimes to see like, results like in the sense of numbers because whenever i like search like what is result-based language on a resume a lot of times it's all you know cut uh increased sales by 20 percent in this degree you know and so how as an assistant can you add that kind of language would it you know like i lowered the time it took to schedule a meeting by you know four you really, minutes the truth is you really don't need to for an okay. assistant job in hollywood that's not really necessary okay. maybe as you grow in the ladder of hollywood it's more interesting because you can talk about ratings you can talk right. about managing budgets but as an assistant the biggest things are can you answer the phone can you schedule meetings mm -hmm. can you do script coverage right are you organized right and as long as you can get those things across that's what's important you might Find that like if you've worked for multiple bosses, mm -hmm. that's a helpful thing to put. Like saying, you know, supported two executive right. vice presidents. Then they can see that, okay, you're answering the phones for more people. That's a, in this Juggling world a quantifiable result. Gotcha. But you don't okay. want to you don't want to pull and like make something up. Right. Like got 17 lunches for crew members, <laughs> four of whom had dietary restrictions. <laughs> Three were um, vegan. One, like it's, you're starting to sound like an SAT question. Right. And we've, yeah. we've started, we've seen some of those things in the past where people will try to like use flowery language to make some of these things seem a little bit mm -hmm. better. Like, you know, provided sustainable sustenance for hungry executives. <laughs> and like, that's... Like we're laughing, but like people—it's not a joke. It's not. It's not. It's not a, it's not a oh. joke. Like these are real things that we've seen because people read things online right. about typical resumes outside of this industry, and they're like, "Okay, well then I have to do it here." And right. like a, a person who's hiring an assistant is like, "Sustenance? <laughs> what? No, you did. You got food." And so that actually brings me to my next bullet point, where mm -hmm. you, you wrote here scheduled and coordinated internal and external meetings, including any dinner, lunches, drinks, et cetera. So you're like teetering, <laughs> you're teetering into that territory. Right. The important thing is that you could schedule those meetings. Right. It's a less important that it was lunch or dinner okay. or okay. drinks. And that goes back to what Angela was saying about too many words. Making it simple. Yeah. What's important mm -hmm. is that you're able to right. schedule those meetings. Gotcha. I've, I've had friends as a, as a writer myself, I've had, I have a lot of people who send me like, angry emails to review and like, do I sound like a jerk <laughs> in this or does it sound like I'm angry enough or things like that? And I've had people send me the resumes to look at as well, just for how they write those topics. And I've seen some of those where I'm like, you can just say that you answered the phone. <laughs> like not that I use technology that communicated between two people. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Parlayed Alexander Graham Bell's invention to use in the modern era. <laughs> Used a cordless phone through several different transmitters. Exactly. Like yeah. that's, and you don't want to get into like how many calls you're rolling a day, but mm. you know, if you're managing multiple types of desks or if you're, there's a slate of many projects or if you've worked on a high profile project, let's say you were, you know, you were supporting the development of a spec that got sold. Right. You might want to put that credit in there. That's what quantifiable results are here. Right. Okay. Um, the other thing, you know, otherwise your bullet points are, are pretty strong in terms of keeping, you know, active verbs and differentiating them mm -hmm. sometimes it gets a little bit difficult i would lose some of the ones like kept or worked um mm -hmm. and try to play around with like assisted could become provided administrative assistance right. so that you're not reusing it right. or supported or, or terms like that um but 
for the most part, it's very good to not repeat those. And you've, you've done a strong job there. Hmm. Um, in terms of your skills, this is um, probably the biggest issue that we see in people's resumes. Mm-hmm. And I don't know who's giving out this advice, um, but I think many people are because we see it so often, right. which is including like anything that you could possibly do under <laughs> skills. Your skill section should be reserved for software languages, mm-hmm. technical skills. Okay. Um, anything else should be shown in your bullet points if it's relevant. Gotcha. So if you're good at travel planning, mm-hmm. then maybe when you say scheduled and coordinated internal and external meetings, you do a little semicolon and mm-hmm. say booked travel. Gotcha. Okay. And then it's there. So the, the computer programs that everyone's so afraid of, which right. like don't really matter in this industry. Right can still scan those. The humans who actually do matter mm-hmm. in this industry can still see those keywords, but they're seeing them in context gotcha. and they're provable. So you want to keep this just to computer skills or mm-hmm. languages. Uh, the other thing is like effective team player and leader, self-starter, calm under pressure, and excellent communicator. Mm-hmm. Those might be true. I mean, sitting here with you, I feel like it's true. But on a piece of paper, but on a piece of paper, I don't know that it's true. Anyone can say I'm a good communicator. Right. If you show me that you were liaising cross-functionally across departments, mm-hmm. you probably were a good communicator. Yeah. If you were constantly on the phone, you're a good communicator. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, parlaying Alexander. <laughs> exactly. So those things we we like to call them intangible skills. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't belong in your resume. They don't gotcha. even belong in your cover letter. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times in job posting, you'll see things like, uh, we're looking for an effective team leader. So people be like, oh, in my cover letter, I have to write, I am an, an effective, effective team leader. <laughs> no, show, don't tell. Gotcha. Okay. Explain that. Um, the other thing is that you wrote, I can also grill an amazing burger upon request. Yes. So I love that. Yeah. I've worked at small startups most of my career, actually all mm. of my career. And that's the kind of thing that would get resumes kind of closer to the top of the pile right. because we're like, oh, this person has personality and there's only 10 of us in this room. There's only three of us in this room. You know, we need someone fun. Right. Um, for corporate resumes, it's not necessarily like if you're applying for yes, a job right. at, you know, HBO, HBO, it might not be as well received. So okay. you might want to take it off for something corporate, but leave it on for something like smaller, independent. smaller oh, okay. and startup Thank you. That's a really good note. <laughs> like not, not that the rest have been horrible. Like everything's been great. But like here, that's, that's an awesome note to hear. Thank you. Yeah. It, it's like one of those things that kind of makes you human. It goes into what Angela was saying. So for a corporate resume, you might want to include, you know, more blanket interests like mm-hmm. grilling or, you know, cooking or something like that. Because it's still on a corporate resume will stand out and make you seem like a person and give your interviewer something to talk about. Mm-hmm. But like saying it in a cute way, reserve that for the smaller company. Gosh. Okay, cool. Absolutely. Um, but otherwise, you know, that's it's a, a pretty strong resume. If you mm-hmm. they tweaked some of these things, right. then it would be an A-plus resume. So I was about to say, so if you had to scale it from like a 1 to 10, 10 being like, the perfect resume that you've crafted to a T and one just says, my name is Daniel and I'm looking for a job. What would be, what would be your score for this? To, that you could just kind of wrap it into a small score. I'm going to go with like a six. Maybe. Six. Okay. okay. I, but I will say this. We have never, ever mm-hmm. gotten a resume that we didn't think we could fix significantly. Okay, great. Not so, once. So, and that kind of goes... That's true for kind of anybody, mm-hmm. including ourselves. We run each other's resumes by each other. And we be- give each other notes. All the mm-hmm. time. Because <laughs> it takes someone else to look at it to mm-hmm. see 
wait, you're focusing way too much on this one thing that might be really meaningful to you. Right. But to me, I don't care about that. If I was hiring this, I would want to know more about this other thing. It's always nice to have that outside perspective that hasn't seen this resume for eight hours as you've been writing it. So it's always nice to get the outside perspective. Yeah, someone who doesn't care as much about the specific things that you're doing. Like to you, it might be meaningful that Mm -hmm. you had to know the difference between when your boss wanted dinner and when your boss wanted lunch. And mm-hmm. all, I mean, obviously that goes into time of day, but I mean like in terms of the conduct that right. you're saying. <laughs> like, um, but that's not like someone else can catch that kind of a, an overstep right. and say, no, I got the point here already. Right. And that's why we really believe that people should, if you're not going to hire a professional resume writer, which you should, we're, we're great. Um, <laughs> then at least have someone else, look at your resume and say yes or no mm-hmm. um, and match it to the job that you're applying for. Right. Fantastic. So. Well, awesome. Thank you so much. That oh, was yeah. some fantastic information that I did not know. And I have so many more questions that we'll get to <laughs> next week. Back to you, Daniel and Michael in the studio, which is probably a car of some sort. Go. I'm super excited to be back. We have more interviews than that set to go and uh, super excited to put the rest out there for you guys. We have more interviews that we're going to start lining up for the next uh, next uh, end of this season into next season. We have tons of people just waiting to be scheduled and that's a really good feeling. Oh my gosh, yeah. Like, uh, So we just had a company meeting uh, this past week and Lennox, when Daniel gave us the list of like other guests that we can have on for this year and into next I, I don't know what your internal monologue was, but I was like, oh my gosh, these are all really talented people and they all want yeah. to be on our show. <laughs> it's a really good list. It's like a huge list of great people. It was like, oh man. Yeah. And that's yeah. that's the only people I've talked to. There's people that I've kind of gotten names for that I haven't even confirmed with yet that they, to be on the show. So uh, tons of other people. We, we're, we're, we're becoming a thing. Yeah, we're we're becoming a thing, which is always great to uh, great to be in a place of, I guess, right? So, if this is your first time listening to us, thank you so much for checking out the hustle. Uh, we've been on a releasing hiatus this past summer, but that is officially over. This is our fall preview, and we will be releasing episodes from here on out for the rest of the year until our new episode. You can listen to old episodes. Some personal favorites of mine include uh, Trevor Algott from the Inside Acting Podcast. We also interviewed uh, casting associate Beth Ryan. And then in episode 79, we interviewed Hillary Levi, uh, where she covers her story from being an intern all the way to now being a creative executive at an animation production company. And if you want to check us out, we are on 10 different platforms. So if you're listening to us right now on uh, Apple Podcasts, you can also listen to us on Spotify. You can listen to us on Stitcher, or you can listen to us at our home base, anchor.fm, where we are recording this episode right now you can go on you can follow us favorite us subscribe leave us a review all reviews help leave us a review share with people share it with friends there's a way to share episodes and podcasts through text message things like that share the show with people you think would love to listen to this show i've been doing that at my job on carts unknowingly to my management (laughs) (laughs) you can do it too we would appreciate that if you favorite us all that good stuff you can also support us on anchor fm if you want to buy us a coffee for a meeting, you want to pitch in the, on the hustle, you can do that through Anchor FM as well. Uh, Linux, where can people find us? 
Yeah, we are on social media, guys. So you can find us on Twitter at LA Hustle Cast, Instagram and Facebook at Hollywood Hustle Podcast. We share lots of fun things here. We do live streams and so much more. That's right. You guys might have noticed on Instagram recently, I did a full Instagram live session with Beth Ryan, former guest of the show. We spoke all about her new acting studio, as well as industry things that actors should keep in mind when they're submitting for auditions or when they're brought into the room, things to think about from the casting perspective. So it's a great way to get additional content from our podcast and where we'll be connecting with old guests as well as upcoming guests. We also love hearing from you guys on social media. Oftentimes the topics that you guys bring up are what we'll eventually be talking about here on the podcast. So it's a great way to foster new and exciting conversation. Now, if you guys want to follow us individually, Daniel can be found at Daniel Tuttle, T-U-T-T-E-L on Instagram and on Twitter. Lennox can be followed at Lennox Knight Official on Instagram and at Lennox Knight on Twitter and Facebook. And I can be followed at Michael Lutheran on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you guys so much for joining us for our fall premiere 2019 episode and remember next week we'll be releasing on tuesday september 17th our full conversation with allison tolman and then on thursday september 19th we'll be releasing our full conversation with hollywood resumes one week two episodes sounds like a great deal and then for every week thereafter until the end of the year we'll be releasing episodes because the hustle doesn't stop also remember guys if you listen to us on anchor fm And if you want to share with us a win that you recently had, if you finished a draft or if you nailed an audition or if you finished filming a movie, we want to hear about it. And you can do so by sending us an audio message that we can then put right into the episode. And that way, our entire community can hear you and cheer you on and support your hustle. So again, that cool feature can be found at Anchor FM. And then... If you have any other questions for us or if you know of someone that you think would be an excellent guest, you could always email us at hollywoodhustlepodcast at gmail.com. Keep on going, guys. It's the fall. We still got plenty of time left in this year to go to keep pushing towards our dreams, to keep doing what you love. And on behalf of all of Team Hustle, I want you to remember to keep up the hustle.